Hey there, can you hear me now? I can. What'd you do? Wow. I don't know. Yep. It's yep. it's telling me poor connection, but uh, I'm going to switch to audio only for a second. All right. Can you even see me? Yeah, I can see you. Oh, well, look at you. All right. Give me one second. I don't want it to start cutting out. Now my computer's going really slow. Okay. It's working. I can still hear you. All so, right. So we're good to go. We're good to go, man. So how do you pronounce your last name? Hartum. H. Hartum. So exactly how it's... Okay. I, th I thought I was going to pronounce it like as like Hartum or something with my luck. Yeah, that's great. And I was going to say it wrong. No, nah, all good. All right. All good. All right, man. Uh, for people that don't know you, if you go ahead and introduce yourself, what you do and how you do it. All right. I'm Sean Hardum. Been drifting for about 10 years. I've been uh, one of the fortunate or unfortunate ones to always drive an RX-7 and always rotary powered. So that's the only chassis I've ever driven. And uh, the opportunity came about three years to go take over the uh, Pro-Am series here in Alberta, where we live in Canada. So took that over with a group of friends and my wife. And for three years, we've been running the FD Pro-Am up here. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and how long have you had your FD? Is it the whole time or? Well, yeah, I've had a, I started with an FC. Mm -hmm. yeah, I drove that for about three years. Really liked that. Okay. And then went to the FD. I just liked the chassis, the look of the car a little bit better. So been driving that now the remaining seven years. So got quite a collection there. It's one of the nice things about living in Canada. We can get, uh, the uh, JDM models 10 years before the United States guys. So FDs, I probably got four or five kicking around here. So it's not, not a big deal up in Canada. Mm, you know, I'm not a huge Japanese dude, at least not into like the Japanese cars so much. So when people are like, Hey, the new Skyline, you can get it now. I'm like, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's all excited for the new cars that they, they can get this year. Yeah. Like the R32s that we've had for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're big money in the states. Yeah. Yep. And I'm pretty. What are they going for out there? Oh, uh, before they became legal in the states, like a a GTR R32, like seven thousand Canadian, like so five grand US. Yeah. Okay. Right. Then they came legal down there, so guys are selling them for God, 20, 20 grand or something ridiculous now. So. Damn. Should have bought yeah. one before and stored it there. I wish I would have kept it. <laughs> right. Oh, you've had one. Yeah, I had one. Yeah, just a, a streetcar for a while. But oh, yeah, bummer. fake goes. Real life needed money, so sold it off. Yeah. Mm. Well, good. And and so, how did you come across the Spec D series? Like, how did that end up in your lap? Well, it was it was originally it was started uh, just a group of guys doing like uh, called D Sport back in the day, and it was just not really a competition format so much, just more. Um, practice grassroots really grassroots stuff just jamming out with their friends um then another series from the east coast came in called dmcc they still operate over in ontario and quebec and they were running our series here in western canada and mm. then just sort of passed around as as guys sort of got on with they call it real life they get married uh want to buy a house they kind of move on from it so opportunity came for us to to look after it and yeah, we just uh, jumped in and 
loved drifting and wanted to make sure it kept going here in the West. So that's what we've been up to. Right. And how, how long has spec D's been a feeder series for FD that it's entirety or three that, years, three, Just three. Years. Oh, yeah. so since you've gotten it. Yeah. Since we got it, I was talking with, uh, Jim Lau and Ryan and, uh, they didn't really have anything going on in Canada at all. No feeder series. So like that competition, the pro-am aspect, it kind of dried up and, and went away. And we saw guys just getting out of drifting altogether. So actually like our first year when we ran it three years ago, we were running like 10 to 12 cars showing up to events. So three years ago can be kind of, what was the actual year you guys started your first year? That, that was, it was three years ago when we, when so we took it over. 2016 or 2015? 2015 was your first season okay that's what i was curious about yeah because so, the way yeah, the we, seasons are cut up it's like when yeah, we say three years ago it's like it's really four <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so i guess yeah so i guess it's been yeah just about four so yeah we were running like just a really low car count just wasn't enough guys sort of into it mm-hmm. you know spent a ton of money drifting and then nothing to to drive no series to run in so yeah guys went back to you know, street cars, just doing some uh, fun grassroots stuff. So, yeah. And then the last couple of years, we've had 24 to 28 cars showing up on the regular and 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 just showing up and coming out to every round. So it's been really, really a good, positive change here. So who's actually came, went to Pro 2 from your series so far? Uh, we've had uh, Aaron Day. He went down. He's mm-hmm. been, he drove Pro 2 for a season. Uh, then I think it was just, I think he had blown, blown his motor. So he kind of backed out, but he relicensed this last year. So his plan is to go down to 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 2016, we didn't have anybody go down. Gotcha. The license, but just the economy wasn't, wasn't quite there for him to, to make the push for the finances. Mm-hmm. Last had one driver went down to Atlanta, uh, John Bernstadt, he went down and, uh, he actually, one of the unfortunate guys rode his car off into uh, the wall at Atlanta. So that was the end of it for him for the season. So we got three guys that licensed this year. So Aaron Day, he, he won our championship. He's planning on going down. Mm-hmm. Mark, Marco Tassone, he uh, also licensed. He's only been drifting in the Pro-Am Series for two years. Okay. And then another guy, Pat Fontaine, and he's planning to run the full four rounds in uh, Pro-2 as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, running a BMW M3. So BMW power plant just really killing it. Oh, what? Uh, which body style? Uh, must be the uh, like 335, 335i, the new one. Like the E46, E46. E36. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I I wrote one of those off in the wall at Irwindale. Yeah. Not yeah, an M though, so it didn't hurt as much. Yeah. Yeah, because those things are expensive now. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Marco, he's running like just the the S13 with the SR20 power plant, mm-hmm. just 350 horsepower, but really consistent guy. He was driving great all season. And Aaron Day runs a, you know, it's the same car they ran in Pro Two mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years back, but with running a 2JZ in it, you know, pushing that six, seven hundred horsepower. So yeah, he's yeah, he's pretty dialed. Nice. And then, so how did you get into drifting? Uh, I was just really, we were doing, um, we were doing autocross and just time attack stuff with a mini and then, uh, a mini. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like the, the new mini and we were like, Hey, well, this is, I had an RX seven at the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went out to one of the track days and I was like, Oh, this is, uh, this is awesome. Like just so 
the camaraderie, I guess, in the group of guys was way better. It wasn't so much chasing the time all the time. They're just out have a good time. So yeah, yeah, we just started going out. We we've always had like a a really good thing going on here. We got weekly track practices, sort of from the start of May till the end of uh, September. Okay. So every Thursday night, we're got thirty, forty guys out just killing it at our local track and having a great time. Yeah, you guys got a nice setup. We don't. We have like something over here, like it's kind of like a bi-weekly setup, a little yeah, go-kart track. And you said you've been out here before, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been down. I've, I've driven down the states quite a bit. I drove at uh, Vegas Drift mm-hmm. um, a couple of times. I drove it with my FC and then with my FD. Yeah. So we've got to be good friends with a couple of guys there. Uh, Nick Dazan, who runs the series there, he's been, in, been really good. Uh, did All Star Bash a couple of times. And this last time, I actually hooked up with Daniel Koo at Garage Life. Mm-hmm. He drives at, uh, he, he had just, a white FT. Anyway, he crashed right before I did. Yeah. Same yeah, spot. <laughs> he rebuilt that, and he's been working I with I saw it. It's uh, blue now, right? Yeah, it's blue, yeah. Yeah, I and think it looks nice. Motor for Colette Davis there, so. Yeah. We're going to actually come down, and I'm going to drive in the Drift League this year. And Are you uh, doing all four rounds? Yeah, we're planning on doing all four rounds with them. Okay, yeah. so I'll probably see you on the second then. My car won't be ready, but I'll be yeah. there so, kicking so people's tires. Putting put the fuel cell and We have to come out and say hi anyway around round one. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I did that yesterday. I still got to finish cutting out the rest. Yeah. But, so when you first started drifting, like, what was, what's your local track to drift at? So our local track is Cashflow Raceway. Uh-huh. It's per- Pretty much the uh, the only one left in Alberta within uh, you know within 12 hours of us is, is pretty much the only track that we got that's open. Mm-hmm. They got a really great road course. Um, okay. got a, yeah, they got a good road course set up. We get the, we run all of our competitions on the road course, uh-huh. and a big skid pad that we use for the Thursday night. So. It's it's a world class facility for sure. I mean the uh, the entry speeds into our road course. You know, guys are getting up into that eighty mile an hour entries, and it's uh it's been really good, yeah. Nice. And then we also do a little. There's a NASCAR oval that we go and do one round at every year. And oh, that's, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We kind of do it. We do a couple of demos there, mm-hmm. sort of our NASCAR events, and like the crowd just goes nuts when you when they hadn't ever seen drifting before they're used to just watching the the circle track guys just go lap and lap and we're just you know blasting smoke and not passing each other just riding the wall with the bumpers and goes nuts so we won we we run one of our competition rounds there and it's been it's been really good yeah Uh, and a lot of those people always want to see they're like who's the winner yeah they don't yeah yeah (laughs) But they, they love it. They it's, go, we don't know really what you guys are doing, but it looks awesome, you know. <laughs> I, I always tell people, just watch one season. Just follow it for one season. By the end of the season, you'll understand. Oh, yeah. No, and the guys who, like, honestly here, maybe a little different. Seasons are short, right? So we've got season, like, winter's just brutal. We're, we're, you know, six months where it's snow on the ground. We can't do anything really outside except for, you know, they do, like, ice ice racing out on frozen lakes and stuff like that but you know part like when we're going we're going you know from the start of may as soon as the snow's gone we're we're out on the track and it it doesn't really matter what you're doing if you're a road racer if you're drifting if you're nascar style drag racing we all try to just 
we utilize the facilities we got and just we're all there just about every weekend doing something together so it works out really good hmm. that's that's cool because we well we live in socal or i do so us it's year round yeah i know i think yeah. it's like there's like a month that you might not have nothing but it's just to take a break more than more than weather i guess eh? yeah because uh here it's supposed to rain on from thursday to monday and then our winter is over yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's never much. Yeah. So, do you compete in your own series? Uh, we we tried doing it the first couple of years, but we always found like never really competitive because you're always missing a round or two. Like, it's always if something comes up, you're you're out of the car and you're you're just helping out or you know solving a problem. So every year we've missed one or two rounds. So. It's more just to drive in tandem with the guys, but mm-hmm. I've never really points race for for anything. So, I mean, I guess my aspect of it is I love to to tandem with guys in a competition format way more than like at a grassroots event because they always run the same line. They're you know they're, you know where they're initiating. They're going to follow the course, so mm-hmm. it's really to tandem with them as opposed to like I don't know. I've been even out at like All Star Bash and guys it's just a random line or they don't want to tandem with you, especially coming out of Canada. We find that a lot of the guys just won't, don't want to either smash my car or don't want me to smash into them. So it's kind of that code. If they don't know me, they ain't tandem with me. So don't tandem with no random. That's right. Apparently that's a slogan from Micah Diaz. (laughs) Yeah. Forget that. Forget that. Yeah. I was talking to a couple of organizers and they said, nah, that's all crap. Like you just need to, to throw down that's what we're all about you know so that's what you find here it it doesn't matter whether you've been drifting for 10 years and or it's your first time that you've had your cage car out mm. it's uh, if you want a tandem we'll run with you yeah you know, we'll make sure that you know we're chasing you if you're the when novice you, yeah that that makes sense you know? and and for the most part you know they're they're not really t-boning you on your door they're we haven't had any incidents where that bad crashes or anything like that but you know how do you get how do you get a guy who is his first time tandeming if nobody's going to tandem with him you know it's really yep. tough for him to get experience right so that's how it is here and then for some reason people thought like because i had an ls in my car that i was like they're like oh he must be good and i was like hold your horses you better see me drive first yeah when i go to yeah. like the grassroots events over here yeah but no it's it's good it's it's i don't know we got a really tight group of people like you know the people who help run the series they're all drivers mm-hmm. you know so they they really trade off they they we run two different kind of uh, competitions here we got the pro-am we call it and that's cage cars running for the pro two license mm-hmm. and then what we do is so all the guys who are out of practice got their cars love drifting they're out helping the pro-am series run so there are marshals there are judges they're the guys, you know, picking up pylons, setting up the track, tearing it all down. And then once a month in the summer, we run what's called the Pro-Am. So we flip it all around. All the Pro-Am guys run the track for the uncaged cars, and we do like a delayed tandem. Mm-hmm. So we do a fun series for them to help them, you know, get out and drive and have like competition-style format. But it's a good way that the community just pays back. So... If you don't maybe you don't have a cage car, so you can't run a pro am, 
well, then you can run a Bro-Am and all the drivers that are in our series, you know, run the line, judge them, mm -hmm. you know, spot for them, do all the crew. So we really try to, the community is so tight that it works out really well like that. But that could also encourage someone to like want to get a cage. Yeah, well, that's what we, we did too for, um, if you won your Bro-Am, then we kind of encourage you to jump into to Pro-Am for the following year. Mm-hmm last three years that we've been running the series we also sponsored cages for any drivers that wanted to jump into pro-am so we would pay half of the cage for them oh nice you know guys that want to jump in they all they had to do to get the cage was like compete for one year and you know deal's done so you yeah. know they could get into a to a cage car for like 600 bucks get their car done right that's you guys you guys' cages cost a lot less over there that's that's Canadian, six hundred Canadian. So, so you know, it's way you know, it's, less. So like the exchange rate is like kill. I don't know why why more U.S. guys don't come up and drive here. Like you're getting a thirty percent discount driving here. Everything's thirty percent less. Like it's it's great. <laughs> the only bummer is like we give the prizes in Canadian dollars. So like if you win a hundred bucks in our in our prize, you're only getting home seventy five. It's, it's not a big. It's better than no seventy five. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. I ain't complaining. That'd probably pay for some fuel. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, when's when you started drifting? When was like the first time you uh, linked a whole track? Was it like your first time out, or did it take a while? It was like a, it was a painful experience for me to you know probably like midway through the first uh, summer of practice, it actually got to link the full track. Mm -hmm. You know, it was uh, just set up, doing different things, you know. Found that uh, you take a different uh, start. I'd be buying, like, used tires and, you know, run them at 70 PSI and wondering why I'm always spinning out. Well, because you got no grip. Mm -hmm. Like, putting on, like, 20-year-old used tires and thinking that it's going to... They're all dry-rotted. <laughs> yeah, they're all dry-rotted. You get, like, <laughs> two laps and things, like, just blow apart. And, you know, you're like, oh, picking up your tire shrapnel from all over the track for the rest of the night so yeah then i don't know once once i actually started buying like new tires and you know back back then when you run 250 horsepower you could probably run you know a couple of weeks on on the same set and it wasn't that bad yeah and then you know as your power level goes up you would burn more tires and you start buying better tires and going from there yeah and what tire you're on zestino right yeah, we're still on Zestino. We still get them here in Canada. So, is, are they done in America or? Ah, it's tough to say what's going on there. It's um, you know, Valino's coming in, I think, into the U.S. So that's that's going to be the new, the new one that kind of replaced the Zestino in that bucket. From my so, understanding, they're the same, right? I'm. It's you know, been redone. Are you not sure yet? Yeah, it's kind of like it's the. It might be the same ownership and just changing out to a. Like the new Bellino is a deeper tread, so it's going to be set up more for drifting. You know, okay. You're going to get more tire life out of it, I think. So. Oh, well, that's I haven't run them yet, but we're, you know, there's a few guys, Twisted Motion, in mm -hmm. Vegas running them, and oh, some guys out east, but I haven't seen anything uh, locally yet. I haven't tested them. Gotcha. And then yeah. do you kind of have like a uh, a tire supporter for the series, or is that Zestino? Yeah, Zestino is, yeah, they basically give everybody the same deal on tires, like, you know, guys are getting decent tires for 
in that hundred dollar Canadian mark. So it works out well. You know, they just basically give everything at cost to the to the drivers, so it works out good. I'm paying a hundred dollars Canadian for Achilles. <laughs> yeah. So. Are you on two threes or you're on the ATR? The ATR Sport twos off of wherever I can find them. Yeah. Because the two fifty five thirty fives are a little hard to find. Yeah, yeah, it's a different like we don't like see here we don't get much of that because you can buy it right offline right and they ship them right to your house mm-hmm. and everything that we buy offline is in u.s dollars and by the time it crosses or you pay duty on it it gets really expensive coming across right oh shit really so like we'll look at achilles and it'll be like 65 dollars u.s you know and then they're by the time they're here they're working out to 120 dollars canadian you're like well this is no good so. Yeah, it's like you may as well freaking just use whatever you can get there. Yeah, we got a, we got a few few other tire shops around town that do deals for the drivers, and you know it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good here. That's not too bad. And how long have you been on Zestinos? Uh, three years. Oh. This is the third year on them. That's yeah. right. That's right around. They came in like 2016, right? Yeah, yeah. It was okay. the first year when they came into the U.S. They came here too, so okay. it was good. I figured as much. Yeah. And then, so when you guys, when you're running kind of like your get up over at spec D, what do you kind of like expect from your drivers or what are you showing your drivers to do? So like, I guess like, how do you mean? Like, what do we, what do we expect for them to do or help? Yeah. Well, obviously they, they're there to get a license. They have to drive to get that license. What I'm talking about to carry themselves. What do you expect for them from them? I guess a, a couple in 2017, we had Chelsea Denofa come out and mm-hmm. talk to drivers and gave him what he called the class of thrash mm-hmm. and really inspired the guys to do sustainable drifting, right? So, like, to find the best way to keep drifting because I think the problem is is that guys get burnt out on it if they, you know, one, if they go to Pro 2 and they don't make it or they go bankrupt they never come back to pro-am mm-hmm. like you'll see the drivers just drop out because very rarely do you see them compete anymore once they've gone to pro two yeah so we're trying to say like you know we get 24 guys out from round one all the way to round five mm-hmm. so we same guys not all of them want their pro two license some of them like the competition format some of them like to drive you know, better tandem, and that's the best way to do it is in the in our series. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still fairly affordable for them to do. And and then those, yeah, there's the guys that are chasing their license. You know, we're very real with them. I mean, to run a Pro 2 season is it's going to cost you, you know, on the least 40000 That's kind of what, what we hear. So, yeah, to get there. And, and a lot of people don't understand is like, that's kind of all included, though. That's all included, you know, like if you got your car and you're going down to pro two, you know, really what I, what we tell them is the main thing you got to have fun. Like that's it. Like drifting is all fun. And if you may, if you take the fun out of it and make it into like a job or like if you turn into a, I don't know, like a shitty competitor that you, you're, I don't know how do you say it. Want them to always have that same good sportsmanship and camaraderie mm-hmm. no matter running for your pro two license or you're the guy that's the rookie and just trying to get seat time yeah and and we really see that here where you don't got guys playing games or goofing off or anything like that when they're in competition you know they still they focus on it but it's not like you know they're not going to take a bad call 
you know, they, they're the ones who, when we line up at the start line, I see the drivers getting out and saying, Hey man, like when I go into turn one, like I e-brake initiate. So watch for that. You know, I slow up, but then I'm right on it. So if you're tandem with me, e-brake with me and we'll make a good show. Yeah. And you know, you know, like that's what they're doing inside the pro-am series so that it looks good for the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for me, I'm really proud of the drivers for that. Like it makes it better for the fans and uh, spectators. That's something we do a little bit different here is that we make it like really a show. We got our two announcers out there. We, you know, we set up the pits really fan friendly. We sell tickets. We get, you know, two to 300 people out watching our events, mm-hmm. do video recap, a ton of media. And, you know, it's been really, you know, the key to it is because there isn't so many, you know, professional, we call it like, you know, professional drifting going on in Canada. We're the only show that's anywhere within, you know, eight hours of driving. Mm-hmm. So we make it into a, into a show and the, the drivers also see that. So like all of our cars are done up, like they got all nice liveries. Everyone's running the same color, running full body kits, nice wheels, really yeah. present themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, that's already given them a step up where they're already like in that marketing mindset. You know, your car looks good. They tend to drive it better because they're proud of it. They're proud of how it looks. They get a sponsor on the door, whatever it is, you know, whether it's their buddy shop or, or anything, you know, they're representing something. And I think that also will take them further once they get into pro two, because they're already showing how to present themselves. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like we work with, uh, like Brian Eggert, he mm-hmm. runs US Drift, like, like the OG of drifting in, you know, I think he was the first guy running the pro-am in the United States. Okay. Him and Charles at Just Drift, like those are the two guys that sort of started it all. And they've been uh, like really good. We're streamlining like rule books throughout all the North American series. Mm-hmm. All the rules will be the same. And, you know, for car builds and stuff like that, so guys aren't overbuilding their cars, but they're just building them so that they could compete in any one of the series throughout the country. Yeah. Throughout North America, right? And, uh, you know, we, we run our series very much like they do FD. So we do qualifying still, you know, the three judges, we judge under very similar criteria, you know, run the same type of qualifying format. So the guys are set up if they choose to go to pro two, so they kind of know what to expect. Yeah. Some other series don't do qualifying anymore. They do a different system, but then like, if that's all you ever know, and you go down to pro two and now you got to qualify are you going to be ready for it? Like getting over the qualifying jitters is some of the hardest things to get through, right? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that question because that's one of my questions is, is where's your mindset when you qualify? Oh, like honestly, for the first couple of years, like I, I would always tank the first run. And <laughs> it, it would be brutal and I'd have so much pressure on me that, you know, it, you, you just you lose yourself in your mind. So. Like a lot of times now, I'm just thinking something totally different. I'm not even in the car until it comes time to qualify. I'm out BSing with the drivers, talking to other people, you know, on the radio, updating Instagram, watching something. So my brain isn't on looking at my run. Yeah. I've already got the track dialed in practice. I just go, it's just another practice run. Let's go kill it. Yeah. And then it's really helped, helped me in qualifying. Like, you know, usually getting the, you know, the top eight for qualifying for the last two years. So. It's been really good just trying that. Yeah, and then and then you said you're coming to compete in the States this year, right? 
At the Drift yeah. League and where else? At Vegas Drift too. I was thinking yeah. about running that one. When's their first round? They haven't they haven't announced yet, but if I don't it's gotta be soon, they're gonna put it out. So I think the first round ever in the States is gonna be with uh with Drift League. Like in SoCal and Vegas area. Okay. Yeah, because I wanna do uh Vegas Drift if I can. Because especially yeah. if my car will be ready to run all three of their rounds, yeah. even if they add a fourth, like it'd be, I kind of want to do the yeah. traveling a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what, like, you know, for us to come down to the States has always been, been tough. Like I've only done, you know, kind of like some fun events. I did Spirit of the Streets with Vegas Drift um, and just a couple of rounds, uh, probably in 2015, 2014, did a, did a couple of rounds, but you know, if you don't qualify well, then it's not really, you know, if you miss out round one or round two, you're kind of not in the points and, you know, just a different, different crowd. So I just didn't have the support either. So this year, like with us going down with uh, Grad Life and Daniel, like he's going to be there to help tune the car and, you know, just sort of be that other person in the same chassis to, uh, you know, to fit with and to have a sort of a crew down there. Yeah, and, and that's kind of helpful because if, let's say, something breaks on one car, one might be willing to be like, here, I didn't make it in the show, take these. Yeah, like, I, I But you down. better win. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of spares and stuff, but, like, honestly, the only person who comes down with me is, like, my daughter, and, uh, you know, she's eight, and my, my wife, that's it. Like, those are the ones that come down Yeah. and, and help out, right? So. Yeah, I know. Uh, my <laughs> son helps, and he's seven, and yeah, he just so, looks there and gets in the way. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, it's kind. Of, I I can understand how rough it is. And then, uh, what is what are you doing for like transportation? Do you kind of have like a rig out here already? Yeah, like I left. Uh, we we got a little shop in Vegas that we store our stuff at. So I got a uh, like a motorhome there and a, our trailer and tools and tires and all that that we brought all down with us. Sort of back in, uh, I guess, right around November when All Star Bash was. Oh, okay. So we brought it down. The car's been down since All Star Bash, so. Oh, nice. And you went to All-Star Bash, right? Yeah. Was that yeah, your first one? No, that was the second one. I went out in 2015, and then we went last year. Oh, okay. And it, it's good. I like All-Star Bash. It was pretty decent. Yeah, you know, I have I went to attend, not attend, I went to spectate it in 2015. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I ever watched it. But I went on a Sunday, and it was late. I didn't yeah, know. so just everyone was already broken or out of tires. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I remember this was when Micah Diaz still had his E36 and it was still powered with a uh, Ford power plant in it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, this is, it's a while back. There quite a few pros out when you went in 2015. I don't remember. Because that was earlier. That was right after, like the week after Irwindale back then. It was kind of like Irwindale and then it was All-Star Bash. And if now I'm, they moved. Like, it's quite a ways apart now. If I'm not mistaken, I believe... Um, Kaufman was there, but I'm not 100% in his practice car or his oh, pro-am car. Yeah. But I can't remember 100% for certain. And then, so yeah. like, what are your goals with this? Are you, do you plan on getting your pro two? Do you plan on yeah. doing pro two? You know, like if I, if I got my pro two license, like either through Vegas or through, uh, the drift league, I would probably run one round of pro two to get the experience year one like just to get there and see what you're missing like and that's what i that's what i tell our drivers here too 
Like if you're ready and you got the budget to go and drive all four rounds, by all means go do it. But I would take like my summer vacation. I would say, you know what? I'm going to go either to Atlanta or I'm going to go to St. Louis and I'm going to do those and I'm going to see where I stack up, what I need to change, spend the day like learning in the pits of what to take, what not to take, what yeah. to make sure to spare of, mm-hmm. you know, like the biggest learning experience is going like to that level and just being part of it. So yeah. I, I go for the experience of it, not to be like, you know, have the dream that, you know, just cause I, I won drift league in one year that I could go and run all four rounds and dominate. Like, I don't, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, bucket list to go and drive with some of those guys. Yeah. And that's understandable. Cause no, I don't think anybody's ever like other than uh Hillbrum, when he came in and kind of dominated over everybody yeah, in his 2015 season. Yeah. But I mean, like by all means, it'd be fun, but I guess the pro am the pro to how it's set up now is, is so far from, from us. Like there's nothing really on the, on the East coast or on the West coast. Sorry. You know, you're St. Louis, you're Atlanta, you're Atlanta, Orlando. Mm-hmm. Like you're it's in Texas. so far from you guys. Yeah. So like, you know, for us, when we when we Google Map it, it's like forty eight hours one way, and you're like, holy, you know, which is really we'll, sixty hours. Yeah, like what do you do if you're broke? You know, like if you break down there, you know, what do you do if you don't have like a crew or or something like that? But you know, I I I love drifting so much. I I love watching Formula D. You know, I enjoy the drivers every time we we try to attend usually two events anyway. We go down for. Um, Usually Irwindale, and we just try to do Long Beach as well. Mm. And you know, it's I, I love the competitive side of drifting, and and so yeah, I go as I go and if I got my pro two, I go and do probably one round and see what it's like, just to get your feet wet. Yeah, you know, and and take the car that I drive all the time. Like you know, I I another thing we we tell our drivers and. And, you know, I, I'd hope I wouldn't make the same mistake is don't build a new car for Pro 2. Like, you know, if you're able to drive your car that you won your license in, you probably know exactly what that car does when you're standing on full throttle and yank the e-brake. You know exactly how the car is going to act. So take that experience and take that to Pro 2. You may not have the same power, but you bet you'd be way more consistent in building a new car, you know, in yeah. a power power level that you're not used to you don't want to be that that guy because i see it a lot it's so much it's it's like oh we're going pro 2 we're building a new car i'm like huh wonder how this is going to work out well you know like i I even changed i changed from one fd chassis to another fd chassis really like identical and i tried to make them identical Mm -hmm. but they didn't have the same like there was just some stuff that is different on it you know yeah, like, you know, you do a different sway bar setup because, oh, yeah, it's a different sway bar I'll make. But you couldn't drive, I couldn't drive the car. I'm sitting there spinning out in the years before you're doing well. So, like, that's what I always try to say. Like, if you don't have a ton of test time in your new chassis, take the one that you know, you know, and, and take that to your first round of Pro 2. And I think that's probably where you see, like, Brian, Brian Eggert step up and, and write this new rule book for all of North America and say, like, Build your pro-am car, and if you follow the, the rule book, you have very little to do to make it a pro-two legal car. You know, yeah. like you got 
you know, like a halo seat, fire suppression, and like that's about it. Like the rest of it's you're you're kind of there already for a pro two car, and then you got the experience in the car that you've been driv- driving all season, winning your license, and take that with you and go and see how you stack up. Yeah, but, I agree with that because you see so many people doing it, and it's just they're always kind of screwing themselves over. Yeah, it's, it's and then not- they don't stay in pro two for very long; they just kind of leave. Well, that's what we don't, and that's really what we don't want to see, especially like, you know, with me running, running a series here, we don't want to see guys that go down to pro two mm-hmm. and get out of drifting. Like that's yeah. the last thing you want, right? Cause they get a, either a, it's a bummer, a but, but I could also it, understand like how they decide to, you know, they're like, this just isn't for me or they just give up. I don't know what the deal is, you know, yeah, but, like, if you it, love it's drifting, a fucking letdown though. If you, if you go there, just the bomb. Right, and then like if you don't do well, but you have to go there with that right mindset. I I feel. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree. You got to go down, and you got to be thinking. You just got to like take in whatever comes, and Matt, I'm gonna go have fun. And you know what? Like, what do I expect? I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna podium my round one, but I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna have the best time I can. Meet as many people as I can. I agree. And see where I need to be. You know, and if you like don't qualify round one then, you know, I probably wouldn't invest the rest of the money to run the rest of the season. Yeah. I would go back to my pro-am and I'd relicense. And then I'd know what to do for the next year. Yeah, because, yeah, that could be a, a super big bummer for people who don't know how to handle it, especially going in with the, the wrong mindset of, like, I'm going to go down there and kill it just to not even qualify a single round. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it be for car issues or you're not as good as you thought you were or you're not you're not okay with the FD speeds. Yeah. No. And that's, and that's it. Like, you know, Aaron, Aaron day went down and, and he did well, like he qualified two rounds. Mm-hmm. I, I might've even qualified three rounds. I, I, I don't have it right on the top of my head, but you know, like he battled through like, you know, broken suspension parts and just different things like that. Yeah. I guess driving against, um, who drives that Corvette that's now in pro one. Remember what's his name there? Uh, Dirk Stratton. Dirk Stratton, he was standing with him in Atlanta and uh, like a part off of Dirk's car fell off like his mirror and it shattered the window on Aaron's car oh. and like threw him right off and he's like, whoa, like, you know, it was, a, it was, and I think that's why he lost his top 16 battle because mm-hmm. of that. Like, you know, you got some guy's mirror flying through your car into the cabin and you're like, what, what the hell's going on? You know, so. I mean, like he did well, but I mean, it's just such a financial commitment that if you don't, you know, if you can't line up sponsors for year two, you know, come back and still drive with where you drove from because you don't fall out of drift. You don't fall in love with drifting because you, you know, you didn't do well. It's mostly because, you know, one, you can't afford it or, you know, they get into that mindset. They got to get in onto real life. But I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm an older guy. I got, you know, four kids total. And uh, oh, wow. yeah. I'm, I'm, old, like, I'm 45 years old and, you know, I'm still drifting and having a good time because you got to find it to make it sustainable. Right. Yeah. So you're not, you know, you, you want to keep doing it and keep it like a, a hobby, a passion and see where it'll take you. Yeah. And kids are expensive because I only have one and to have four yeah. and a family, let's I just got one to worry about, and I'm good. Yeah. But I also live in L.A., so it's super expensive here. Right, right. Yeah. But No, we're very fortunate. Like, you know, it's, it's been able to, uh, you know, with the cars all paid for, and you're not, you know, we're not breaking a ton of stuff. We're not, 
you know, running into walls all the time or, yeah. you know, they're just throwing blowing motors or anything. I mean, it's, uh, it's actually can be sustainable. It's yeah. compared to racing, compared to drag racing, compared to rally, like drifting is actually the most affordable out of any of those, you know, yeah. until I, you're at that pro level or even I'd say at pro level pro two, I think is still sustainable. I agree. I think it is. I think it's affordable. Yeah. Like if you got your car paid for before you go, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you're building your car yourself, like most people do. Right. But I mean, and, and putting the right parts in it, yes. you know, like building saying, a, like, building a reliable know. car. Build a reliable car. So everyone goes, so reliable, right? Let's go LS. Let's supercharge an LS, maybe. Yeah, or a 2J. Or 2J. But, like, don't put a bunch of nitrous on it. Don't go nuts, right? Yeah. Put a transmission on it. So spend the money on that transmission and a good drive drivetrain behind it. And you're you're solid. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're consistent with that package, you're going to be good. Yeah. And, yeah. like, look at uh, Dylan Hughes. He just went, what, he took second place, and he was, like, at a 500 horsepower yeah. with a dog box and a quick change. And he said that's, he was, like, it wasn't, he, his car wasn't, like, built to the nines or anything. No, but it's just reliable, right? It's very so, like, reliable, yeah. Until he crashed. That, yeah, if you're in that five to 600 horsepower range, mm-hmm. you know, but that's the main thing, like, you know, I'd say dog box is going to be key, you know, even going into Pro 2. You know, I put one in my car because I was sick of spending, you know, $1,000 every couple of months, you know, either buying another used transmission or fixing one I had. Mm-hmm. And I ended up one year and I spent more than a dog box cost fixing transmissions. Oh, shit. Fine, used junk. That's you know. a slap in the face. <laughs> okay, so that was 1000 This was 1500 bucks, And then I got this spare and it didn't work. And then, you know, and I was like, the dog box is like 5600 bucks. What was I doing? Yeah. And I, I had it for two years and I haven't done anything with change oil on it. It's been great. And which dog box do you have? I got a GeForce GSR. Okay. And that's the one with the side shifter? Or the no, top? that's the top, top shifter. Uh, I just bought a nice little fancy side shifter yeah. for my Muncie. So if I do get a dog box, it's going to be the side shifter one because I'm not buying another shifter. <laughs> I think you got to just do a bigger trans, trans tunnel when you slap that sucker in. On mine? Yeah, because they're they're pretty wide, aren't they? No, it's tiny, dude. It's like a dog box, the same size as the dog box with the side shifter on it, and the linkage on the side. It's the same exact side size, but it's smaller than a T fifty six. And they're great, like they're they're great. And the other thing to do to save it is put a clutch delay valve on. That'll save your transmission. What's that? I'm gonna have to look into that. Clutch delay valve. Tilton makes it. It's like 180 bucks. And all it does is it like gives a little slip on the clutch when you're doing a clutch kick. Oh, really? So, yeah, it'll save your transmission. I did not know that, and I'm gonna look that up now. Yeah. I don't. I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah. But Tilton so, makes it, huh? Yeah, Tilton makes one. They're on eBay. Uh, Are they on eBay as used NASCAR parts? Because that's where I'm finding a lot of bread and butter. You know, that's where. That's where. No, I. The I've only seen them new. Like the clutch, and they're good. But I buy like uh, used NASCAR um, clutches all the time. Yeah, that's what's going in my car this year, most likely. Like triple plate clutch, and then I for three hundred dollars. Yeah, and then you go buy like discs from Summit. You know, I get like new discs from Summit, like two or three sets of them. You know, and you're set. Change it out every year, whether it needs it or not, and they're they're good. Yep, and bring the extras just in case. 
Yeah, just in case. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's but like when we were, even though we're rotary, we went to like the same GM spline on the transmission. The twenty six so spline. Yeah, so clutches are cheap. Yeah, they, they are. Rotary, like they're two grand, and we're like, holy what? shit, really? Um, no. So we just went all GM. Oh, I don't blame you, man. I think because I, I still have um, a ten spline input shaft on my trans. Oh, but, so you're Ford. It's out of a Ford then, right? That Muncie is a Ford. no, no, no. That that's out of a Chevy. It was just the earlier version. Okay, yeah. But to rebuild that trans, the kit's like 150 bucks or 120 bucks from Summit for the yeah. like top of the line one. I was like, new synchros and new seals and bearings. I might as well. Yeah, and you're set. Right? Yeah, and yeah. you can do that in your garage for a lot of people that don't think you can. It's like a, it's like one or two specialty tools. Yeah, which you can you. Which you can usually make. Yeah, and you can usually find somebody that's been around that uh, has taken them apart and give you a hand, right? So yep, not... and then there's fucking YouTube videos on for anything. Yeah, for anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. Right. so that's what I was planning on doing and then ch- probably changing that input shaft to the 26 spline and getting a new clutch disc. Yeah, I guess, well, because I, I use NASCAR stuff. It's like, it's, it's the best. It's what we do. Yeah, because it, it never blows up, right? Oh yeah, because they 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 use it like for one race. And yeah, that's it. and they're like yeah. sold. Yeah. It's not even broken in. No, they, it's just money for them, right? They just they yeah. got they got a bag of them, right? Yeah, because so. yeah, I could see it because if they if they blow a race, which is you know hundreds of thousands, I assume per race on a yeah, three thousand dollar part. Yeah, so they just change it every single round. Yeah, I mean they're they're set. And that's I don't think they're three grand. What are they like? Eighteen hundred bucks, brand new. Yeah, they're probably up there. Yeah, Pro- I know. Probably shit. Everything's expensive nowadays. But so when you were uh, when you first started getting into drifting, did you ever think like, oh, I'm gonna run my own series one day? No, no, <laughs> I was totally happy not running the series. Actually, you know, like it just we we saw the decline going going on, like where the series was just sort of dropping off. Guys were just getting out of it, and we wanted to, you know. So many of my friends were like, oh, no, I got to do real life. And that was what they were always saying. I'm buying a house, uh, getting married. And then it was like they put drifting on the on the side. So then we kind of hit that low where everybody was just dropping out. So like I say, we, we'd have one year where we had like eight to 12 cars show up. And, you know, it was, it was terrible. And yeah. they were, you know, we got feedback and they were like, well, you know, what's the point of it? What are we going to get if we win? You know, we're just the pro-am champion here. So, you know, we got dialed in with uh, with FD and got a Pro 2 license. It uh, gave them something to strive for. Even if they never use it, it's kind of like they're bragging rights. Like, I competed. I got my Pro 2 license. Like They can you know, say they're like, a pro driver. Yeah. No, for sure. You know, but we got lots of local companies and lots of Canadian companies that really, you know, stepped up and see the value in it. Mm-hmm. We got quite a support for, like, our level of, of series, you know, cause they see the media content, a lot of Facebook stuff, like, you know, for our followers and interactions. So we get lots of local companies jumping in and, and helping them out. And we got like Cosmos wheels gives like contingents to all the drivers and just about every, we got like iRace Autosport, which is kind of like our Canadian Juku mm-hmm. and they, every, one of our drivers, like huge discounts and then money if they win around or, well, if they're the hardest charging driver, they you know throw some gift certificates their way. We got lots of support for the drivers, so 
it gives guys something to uh, something for, you know. So if you win around, like even if you're not like you didn't win, but you're the highest placing guy running Cosmos wheels, they give you like 250 bucks. Nice, Canadian. You know, <laughs> you know Canadian. Yeah, it's all Canadian. <laughs> okay, just got to make sure. Yeah, but like you could be like fifth, but you still got 250 bucks because you were on their wheel that they gave you 25 percent off anyway. So mm-hmm. I mean, like you got your wheels for free. Almost. We got a really good, really good deal going on, and, and there's lots of like. The, they do a lot of support for drifting, though. They do. They're they, they're really a lot. Money. Yeah. Kind of just right there and and see a value in it, right? Because guys are, you know, they're buying a, a ton of rims usually. You know, drift guys will have you know six rims and two steer tires, so you know they got two full sets of rims for just about every driver, right? Yeah. So I, I think I had twelve a, at one point. Yeah. Like they're value in it and and they see that and i think that's that's really good with their local community still seeing like a value in motorsport mm-hmm. and sort of wanting to see it grow instead of like just laying it laying it die off you know yeah you don't want to see that because that would suck it better uh, grow bigger <laughs> yeah, oh well, you know and, and i think it is i think it's it's just there's there's a lot of difference between like I, I look at us in Canada as where some of the pro am series were four or five years ago in the U.S. Yeah, like kind of finding our own pace at it, but we don't have necessarily a ton of other series to compete with. Like from you in Southern California, you probably got like four to four series you can compete in within you know an eight-hour driving distance, right? Yeah, it's uh what we got Vegas Drift, uh, the Drift League, and Just Drift, and possibly. What's coming back at Sonoma Drift is that shootout that they had. Yeah, that's what I heard too. And we were out at we were, we were actually there at Winter Jam. Well, they released we were... it. It's on their website now. They gave oh, dates. Yeah. yeah, they gave dates and everything. But yeah. it, that's not happening until August. So I'll probably do yeah. that too. <laughs> See, yeah, go go for the shootout. You know, it's yeah. a one and done, right? Yeah, right. It can be good. I mean, like, and that's we actually have, have to win. So that's. That's the hard part. Opportunity, right? So, like, if you're doing good in Driftly, you can hedge your bet and go to Vegas or go to uh, yeah to uh, Willow and do their their events. Or that's the plan. If I can afford like every single event, like if I know, like, let's say Drift the Drift League is my primary series, I'm going to run in. But if I know I already have the money for the Drift League, like the second round, and then I have more money to do another round in between for another series, I'm gonna do the round. Oh yeah, no, and like for me, the the draw to go do drift league is because it's at Irwindale. Yeah, it's it's a fun track. Hey, can you like, hold on one second, man? It's a, it's a yeah, sure. Okay, give me a second. Sorry about that. And orange. I thought I heard my dogs barking, so I was like, "Yay, my headers are here." They're not here. <laughs> okay. Coming. I don't know. I didn't get a damn um tracking number from. I took a new sponsor supposed to help me with uh, kind of like pricing on parts because they're a parts distributor. Okay. So, but the guy I made the deal with is out of town. He's like, he's like, all I know is that they were shipped. He's like, I'm not in the office to tell you to give you a tracking number. They'll be there sometime. Just go wait by your door. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I've been holding my breath. But sorry about that. What were we talking work. about? Drifting. Oh, Drifting. Irwindale. Yeah. I remember you said you're going to Irwindale. You're doing the yeah. Drift League just That's... to drive at Irwindale. Yeah, why not? And you're going to hear your name. Man, I'm going to hear my name announced at Irwindale. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, solid. I won. 
I'd love, I'd love to just drive the track and sort of see what it's like. You know, I, uh, I'm not, you know, against any other series or anything like that. Like I'll drive anything. It's, it's sort of on my, my bucket list to drive. As much as you can. You as just much anywhere. I'd love to drive anywhere. Yeah, I'm starting to get to that too. Before I want kind of wanted, I was being a little picky vagina about it. Now I just kind of want to drive as much as I can and get as much experience as I can. Oh yeah, and you, know, kinda... like the, you know the outside road course at uh, you know at Las Vegas Speedway is great. You know it's an awesome road course. And uh-huh. then you go to Willow and you go to Horsey's Mile and you know it scares the crap out of you because you can't believe the elevation. I, you know I still haven't driven that, so I want I really want to drive that this year. Yeah, when you go up the hill and you're driving straight down like this giant hill and you're supposed to like turn <laughs> that first corner and then you look at the the drop off like i mean you got about a foot and a half drop off that uh everybody wheel drops so you go off there and you're just destroying your <laughs> forget about your suspension <laughs> yeah i know i'm worried about that yeah the worst part is no one how is gonna have extras if i crash not for your cadillac no <laughs> no not, not even a little bit yeah so no which will kind of screw me in the end, but whatever. At least I'm in a car I like. Yeah, I guess right. Yeah, there we go. We'll be all right. Just don't, don't, uh, don't wreck it. You'll be fine. You know, I actually cut out all the inside, so if I do wreck it, that side just crushes in. If oh, I hit totally. a wall in the back or something, just one side will crush in and not, you know, kill me. Pull yeah. it out with a pickup truck and get it straight again. Yeah, I don't have to worry about like if I hit the right side, the left side pushing out. Yeah. Uh, it's a key, right? Make it so it's sort of modular, repairable. Yeah, whatever. so it's like, oh, okay, I only got to replace one corner. Yeah, yeah. At least that's the plan. So how did you get into cars? Have, is that something you've just always been into? Just just always always loved anything. Family? No, family wasn't even into it at all. Like, no, nobody oh, really? might huh. into it. But I don't know. I just always just loved cars. Anything that was uh, time drag racing, I, I was never very good at. So we only did some street legal stuff and it was <laughs> terrible yeah uh, autocross is pretty fun but then you know like guys were so competitive into it and they didn't really like that you're just out there kind of goofing around so yeah drifting was just right up my alley like that's all we encourage is just goofing around you know that's that's actually why we we like it so much that we doing weekly practices like we got 20 29 events from may till the end of september and you know so we see all of it's like driving with all your friends and all of my friends are out there helping they mm-hmm. help you know it's uh i got my buddy tony he, he does all the announcing so much on social media yeah and it's like he's so in love with the sport that you know like we call him our little jared Deanda. <laughs> he's he's like just passionate for it and when he's on the mic like he makes the guys sound like superstars like they're <laughs> drifting in our pro-am series but like he's got nicknames for them all you know, names all their stats, and these guys are like, you know, they're our local heroes in the drift community. So it's it's. Well, that's really just... great to have that to have somebody who kind of gives you that feeling. Oh yeah, but they're they're all like that. Like you you see anything, and they're all jumping out of the cars, giving each other high fives. It's like, uh, I don't know, just a really good group of guys that I guess we're we're just fortunate to have it. Like this seem to piece together where they all. You know, we'll all follow them on social media, and they're all over each other's houses, helping them build their cars. Yeah. So, you know, we got one guy building a new BMW for this season. You know, 
and there's five or six other guys over there, you know, shooting video, helping them put all the parts in, fabricating, you know, you know, you need something welded, it's, you know, buddies coming over and welding it for you. It's, it's just a great community that we really, we got here. Small, right? Uh, I would say, I wouldn't say we don't have that. I would say that if you've made that particular friend, you have that. Yeah. So you got, you know, you got 30 million people in California, right? Exactly. And, you yeah. know, well, within the drifting community, you know, like right. a lot of these guys are trying to make a living off of it. So they're like, <laughs> you know, it's going to cost you money for me to go over there. No, but like our, our province, like our province or our state, we call it, is uh, like we got 3 million people in Alberta. Like we're tiny, right? Uh-huh. Like our cap- the capital city that we run our series in is only like 1.2 million people, like total that we're drawing from. So like we actually got like a lot of people for the size of the population we have. Yeah. Alberta, and that's west. Straight I don't know where the hell. Straight straight north of you. Oh really? So straight north, like right above Montana is Alberta. I remember I had a buddy from high school who was doing work out there, like as a construction worker. Yeah. And then he finally decided to come back home. Uh, our, our, yeah, ours is all like, it's just small community, but I mean, it's, I don't know, just a really good, we just got a bunch of guys that are really good. And I remember asking him about it. I was like, what's it like over there? He's like, I don't know. I'm just a stupid immigrant. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's how they treat you. He's like, basically. <laughs> we treat them better than they do in the States. We love them, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, not quite as bad as it is in the U.S. Yeah, they, they'll hate building wall. Yeah, we're not building a wall or nothing. We're, we're keeping it all real. Uh, you guys are snow Mexicans, remember? Yeah, yeah we're the snow Mexicans. <laughs> that stupid, uh, what was that, a tweet? What about snow Mexicans? Yeah, but. it was like those things you can make like a fake tweet with like Trump's account. <laughs> oh, so that would be it. Yeah, he was like, "You." He's like, "I heard you guys have a problem too. You're getting a wall too, you snow Mexicans." That's probably all right. <laughs> yeah. What is this at? Um, what veranda are you running in your car? So I run just a. It's a factory FD RX7 veranda. Okay. Good cause two way in it. I mean, that's about it. Even the same stock axles. I haven't ever broken an axle in the car. We don't make, I don't think, with the rotary, we probably just don't make enough torque. We snap you, how much are you power are you making? Uh, right now we're at 520 to the wheel. That's not bad. So but Daniel's, Daniel's tuning it. So like he's, that's, that's our main setting we're going to run the events on. And then he's making an ultimate kill setting where we uh, bump it up to a little over 600. Do you need to though? You never know who you're going against. Sometimes you just need. Oh, I'm just going to be like every other driver in FD and say that I make a thousand. Yeah, I think some of them say that and they don't. No, no. How about a thousand? How about that? <laughs> no, like I'm hearing a lot from like a lot of people who kind of like they're a little bit further and they're like, yeah, they don't make a thousand horsepower. He's like, they just put that on there. Yeah, like 500. Like, I guess it's 500 power in, in a rotary. So like, that's a lot. I don't know. Turbo cars are amazing. Like. I don't know. I, I drove a V8 one time, and I don't know. It just it just wasn't for me. I was always waiting for the boost to come on. It's all I've ever driven was turbo cars. Oh, so okay. So like, you just kind of wait for that the power just to ramp up and, and go. Whereas maybe on a V8, I think it's just power right as soon as you put your foot down. It's supposed to be. 
It's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, I've driven a turbo car once. I didn't like the fact that it did that. Where you had to wait for the power. I was like, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. So Maybe I'll, this next one will be like a turbo V8 or something. I guess that's what I'll have to do next. See if I like that. You better put a big-ass turbo on it so it has the lag. <laughs> but, no. And then what would you recommend for anybody trying to get into the sport? To not make the biggest mistake you see as often, like the most, how do I word this question? If someone's trying to get in the sport, what's the number one thing they shouldn't do that you see people do when they're making, doing something wrong? Uh, shouldn't do. Tough one. I don't know. Like I've, I've been listening a lot to your, to your podcast and everyone said seat time, seat time, seat time. And I think, yeah, seat, seat time is, is key. Um, to getting better as a driver getting better as a driver to get into it i mean you just got to get something that's going to be affordable and reliable mm-hmm. so i mean like now bmws are the new you know they're the new s chassis yeah so uh, you know an e46 and e36 you pick up one of those and even on a stock motor like they're everyone's saying they're they're great they can make you know four four or five hundred horsepower on a stock block and stock bottom end so i mean that that's probably key mm-hmm. i'd that you know, if you can be in that 350 horsepower range, that's probably lots. You know, at, even into most of the pro am levels, I think if you're a, a consistent 350, you're probably good. You know, but get into it, and you got to love it. I mean, just don't go broke on spending money on parts that you don't need. You know, you see guys that go, "Oh, hey, I got this car," and they get talked into it from a shop to buy got to get the ecu you got to run these this suspension this these coilovers you got to mm-hmm. run you know and guys can really go broke on that i mean and I, i've had it myself like where you go to a shop and they go oh we don't work on that ecu you know that ecu that you have is crap let's put a different one in and then before you know it you're two grand into a new ecu and you didn't really need it yeah you so, could have used the other one you had like i i, I like you know I partner with guys who are just real and go like, you know, spend money on parts you need and don't spend money on parts you don't need. Yeah. Like, you know, in my car, I still run like just cut knuckles. Yeah. Like, I don't have an angle kit. Really? You know, no angle kit. No, just cut knuckles. I don't even have power steering. In it. The hell is wrong with you? I, you know what? Everything I've driven has only been manual racks. So we depower the, the steering rack and it works good for the FD. By the time you're standing on the gas, like thing... You know, you, you steer with your foot, not so much with the wheel. And when you're moving, I mean, you don't really need the power steering. I mean, for our, for me, the car was, that was always this weak part. The power steering would always fail. Mm. So we just, uh, took it out, you know? So, I mean, but guys will tell you, no, you need to have it. And then you got to, you know, they're trying to fire up a new system with an electric pump or something like that. But you don't need it. Like, some S chassis, no, you can't run with no power steering. Me, I can because the car's so light anyway, and the motor's not that heavy sitting over the wheels, so I get away with it. But you know, that's 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 just it. Find a good, reliable setup that you can go and have fun on. You know, where you're not always broken, where you're not, uh, you know, buying some flimsy suspension components because it gives you. 65 degrees of angle but you keep breaking it or keep bending it because you know it's you're over centering or whatever flying off the track when you're learning yeah so like 
you know, cut knuckles for 90% of our stuff is fine. Yeah. You know, and I'd probably say most of our drivers are only on, you know, GK tech or, you know, some, something, some part shop max stuff maybe, but a lot of guys are just running cut knuckles because, you know, it's easy. It doesn't break and, you know, you can still get parts for it. Right. Yeah. Cheaper too. Cheaper just, too. Yeah. And I just, my knuckles asshole better hurry up with mine. I <laughs> dropped them off a week ago. You're drift knuckles, right? You're on drift knuckles. Yeah. 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 No, those yeah. guys are good though. They're just modified. swamped knuckles. right now though. Yeah. You know, but they take a stock knuckle and they modify it, right? Yeah, is that, that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, that's it. Like, we just cut it. That's it. You know, run a longer tie rod and it's, it's good. Like, I just run, like, Skyline tie rods in, in my car. Yeah, that's They're- what he found out. He went and pulled a Z34 uh, tie rod out. He's like, look, these are longer. There you go. Yeah, and they're the same, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and that's that's really the key. So, I, I would say that's the, the best thing you can do is, one – before you spend a bunch of money into it, find out if you like it, find out if you have the skill for it and, you know, don't go broke on it. You know, we encourage everyone to come up to like our, our Thursday nights just with their rural drive street car, you know, and you can drive them and have a great time for a full summer. You, you know, you're not, it's not really hard on it. You're not killing it. And then if you want to go to the next level, then, you know, just spend what you need to and don't go into a ton of debt getting to, you know, the pro, if you're going, if you're going into debt, getting to the pro-am level, like you really need to check what you're doing and go like, shit, like I can't afford this at all. Like yeah. either I need a better job or I just need to stay doing Thursday night practice and having fun with my friends. Yeah, and that's one thing I noticed. some people are kind of like, I always ask this question. So, so what do you do for a living? If you don't what mind do me do? asking. No, I have a, a trucking company. We do grocery delivery for, uh, it's like a Cisco delivery to restaurants and, and stores. Okay. So, so we're, we're doing food distribution, completely different, nothing race car related. No, I, I, neither do I. So, yeah. but like I found a way to make decent money so I can pay for this. And I think a lot right. of people are, I, one thing I noticed is, so many people are trying to make a living in the car industry and just since I don't work in it, every time I hear somebody how much they make per hour or something like that, I'm like, damn, you're trying to make a living off of that and you're still trying to race? Yeah, like there's there's some stuff I guess you can do. Like if you can find something that you know, on, on the side of it or if you're selling cars and you're selling a ton of cars, great, great you're in the automotive industry or if you're like a great fabricator. Mm-hmm. Your shop's going to be busy enough that, you know, you can probably make your own car for fairly cheap and still drive, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if it's guys like me, like, I, I'm paying for, for the stuff that I'm getting done. Like, I know my skill set, and a lot of it is not motor building. It's not this. Like, I can install some stuff, but I'm not fabricating anything brand new. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'll take it from some guy who knows what his craft is, and I'll buy his parts. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and that's it. You want, so like, that's, that's the main thing. Like you don't want guys going into debt because that's, I think that's what kills the scene. Guys that go broke in it, they get such a bad taste in their mouth, you know, cause you'll spend 30 grand building your car at a pro-am level over the time. Mm-hmm. And then you go to sell it and you're lucky to get 10 out of it. 
because you know nobody sees investment into it and it's still just uh you know it's a 96 bmw that you're selling so i mean even though you put 30 grand into it you're not going to get that back out of it no you never will you know so i mean but you got to know that and if you know that going into it that this is not an investment this is uh it's very few people will make a living at it but you know it can be some of the best fun that you have and some of the best friendships that you'll you'll have like if it wasn't for drifting like i wouldn't know daniel in southern california like yeah. i'm eight hours away from him i wouldn't have friends like nick design who runs vegas drift or like any of the ton of people who see my car and you know snap a picture of it at uh, all-star bash and then like now we're buddies on facebook instagram we look for each other at events yeah you know yeah nick nick took a couple of pictures of my car at uh all-star bash right and slid them into my you know my instagram dm to and say hi like, by the way oh yeah <laughs> so. it's weird, you know like and it's just random stuff like that like yeah you, you know so there's a lot of positives into it mm-hmm. but like just you got to look at the positive of it and be realistic of what you want to get out of it you know and that's where i you know we go back to that whole pro two conversation and we say you know what advice do you give like you gotta have fun at it and you have like if you if you're blessed enough that you can go and uh pay it out of pocket you know you got a super job and you got the extra money to go and blow 30 grand one season doing pro two by all means go have a great time but like don't get sour on it and get turned off of it because that's what kills the the community guys who you know they they've been in it they went as far as they could and then they come out of it and they hate competition they hate uh anything competitive they hate pro-am they hate pro-2 they hate formula drift you know and that's you know but some of those guys that uh, have that attitude are the best drivers that i know like some of the best drivers don't compete anymore mm-hmm. you know where it's sort of like i don't know why they don't you know they got burnt out on it and we're trying to find a way not to burn them out on it still keep that fun aspect in it keep it kind of like grassroots still with competition so that if you just want to come and drive with your buddies yeah you can our series still your grassroots event and then if you want to like compete you're going to be the guy like you know dialing it in and pushing harder and you know maybe you're on the podium every round and that's the goal and then for what about this this season have you released your schedule or anything like yeah, that? We yeah, we can't better schedule up there. Oh, okay. So what are, what dates are you running? Well, let me tell you here quick. I should probably know it off the top of my head. I was that's funny because I was just thinking that. I was like, Doesn't yeah, you know. run this? No, yeah, but we're like yeah, well, I mean but I got like three schedules in my head, right? We yeah, got, I, we I got weekly that. practice that we started at the first part of May. So we do May nineteenth, and that's in Edmonton, that's around one. Okay. Then we go June eighth mm-hmm. back still that are staying track. So we run only two different tracks. So we run Castro Raceway May 19th and June 8th. Then we're down about two hours from Edmonton is Edmonton International Raceway, and that's on July 20th. And we wrap up August 10th at Castro Raceway. So that's only three rounds, right? Four oh, rounds. Four, four, sorry. So we do we and do Two of them rounds. are three weeks apart? Yeah, like, boom, we're like May, June, July, August, like one a month, basically. Holy shit. And then we do like a, we got a fun event, kind of like just a bash style year end wrap up, uh, September 1st at Castro. We just do the whole road course and just 
have a great time. It's we we wanted to keep a tight schedule this year, so like we're done all of our competition by August 10th. Like that's it. We're we're finished, and we we run into a lot of weather problems coming into September here. So we just we try not to do a bunch of competition in September. Like last year, our uh, final round, like it was snowing in the morning that we were out competing. It was like <laughs> freezing, right? Oh, to hell yeah. with that. Yeah. You, you know, does it get super hot out there? Well, it gets pretty warm, like in the summer. And in the summer, we'll hit like, you know, the high 90s all through uh, June, July, and August. But Dude, then, like, being in a fucking race car, 90 degrees out, it's, it's fucking yeah. miserable. Do you have a cool right. suit? No, I know cool. You, dude, yeah. I'm telling you right now, get one for the Drift League. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It might be worth it. No, it's not might be. It is worth it. Um, I I got a a friend that actually my my suit was homemade. Was it? Yeah. So I found a a cool shirt on eBay for like fifty bucks in my size. Yeah. It was old, used, and abused. So I was like. Well, it's either sweating somebody else's old sweaty t-shirt or die. So I bought it and then my buddy for like a hundred bucks, maybe 150, he made the whole kit. Oh, okay. The pump, the lines, um, the tank, everything. I guess he I made, better Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he made everything. So I think I'm like 200 bucks into a cool suit, which is, I think they're like 500 bucks on the low end. I was looking at the schedule. It was like March. I was like, I'm not even worried. March 3rd is going to be nice. March was okay. Yeah. March was okay. Get, come summertime. Come summertime, you're going to fucking regret that decision. But but at least, I would say at least definitely get one by round two. Because round two, the it's on June 1st, June 2nd. Um, But that's right when it starts to peak. for It starts to get super hot in June. And then July and August just suck ass completely. Why not? We were at Arundel like even two years ago, and it was you know like what 110 like in the stands. You're just dying there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think one thing I I kind of really want to do an upgrade too is I was talking to some other drivers that aren't FD related or drifting related, and they were saying to do the fresh air helmet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like they said. The yeah. He the guy was telling me he goes that fresh air helmet helped me more than it helped than the cool suit did. And I was like, well, what did you have first? He's like, the cool suit. And I was like, well, maybe it was kind of like a combination of both. Yeah. Because if you're just running the air, then you're near to notice how hot your body is. Yeah, well, I talked to a couple guys in Vegas, and they buy those uh, shirts that they freeze. They put them in the cooler, and they just wear them. They're like a like an ice pack, basically, but it's just like a shirt. That so works, like too. The old, the old school like cool suit, I guess. They just freeze two of them, and then they just put them on when they're cooking keeps their core down i guess but, yeah because it it it's pretty yeah. bad like and then you'll go through so much water and sweat it all out you don't even pee all day just dying. yeah it's just, you're pretty much just dying and i always like leave a bottle of water in my door i'm hoping the car lasts then because uh yeah i'm not sure rotaries create a ton of heat so uh i know i remember him i don't know if you're Everybody, I qualified. He and I, uh, I'm going to remember where I'm going with this eventually. Uh, the way they had us qualifying was via our number. So they would put us in sequential order. Okay. Uh, and I was right after him every time for qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. So his name's Daniel? Daniel. Daniel Koo, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he and I don't really know each other, but. Yeah. Um, 
I remember he would always go right before me, but I don't know what his issue was. But what's the thing with you guys always hitting the throttle? Oh, like where you did open it up the time? Yeah. <laughs> just I guess he just loves the sound of it. I don't what know. an asshole! I'm gonna <laughs> tell him something. Oh no, no, he. It sounded like he was doing something. I mean, he might have been tuning. I, I don't know. He's he's uh, like to be honest, he's been a great guy to know down there. He's like when I was saying about the shops, he's a guy who says like, "What? Don't change that. You don't need to change it. Like that shit works." And he's very much you know building, spend money on what you need to, and don't spend money on what you don't. Agree. And he like he tunes just about any ECU out there. Like he's like just great. Nice. So does he, he do LSs? What's that? Does he do LS stuff? He was doing an, uh, like a 2J or something up in Vegas here a little while ago. I'm gonna have I mean, to he's not did. out of Vegas, right? He's out of L.A. Uh, Upland. No, in LA, yeah, he just he's in uh, Upton. Upland. I knew, oh. okay, because I always see pictures of the shop, and yeah. it's there's a, my dad lives in Upland. Yeah. And I've been to that spot before. I was like, that looks so familiar in all the pictures. Yeah, yeah, and Col- I think Colette Davis has her shop right next door, two doors down from it. Oh, so okay. he's a lot of work with her. She did that Red Bull um, Kia car. Yeah. So, I mean, she built like a crazy three-rotor, going to make big power on that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just a cool community down there. But, yeah, he, like I say, he's he's got a great mind for tuning. And it was a big thing for us. Like coming out of, the, out of Canada, the tuning was the biggest problem. It's like different elevation, right? It's not even different ele- elevation. I think it's more with the the quality of the air, the density of the air. Because uh-huh. up here we run like a lot leaner than what we do down there. And when we ran into, we were doing um, All Star Bash, and uh, guys were coming up and going like, "Oh, what are you running for your air fuel ratio?" And they're like, hey, "You're gonna blow your motor. Like, you're way too lean." So like he's really dialed it in and got it so it's running nice and making good power down Where, there. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And no, no, what I was gonna say is I thought when he was revving it, I thought he was trying to get the um the water pump to spin. Oh, to no. push the water through because I have oh. to do that on the on my car sometimes. Oh yeah, see, like I I actually idle my car at like two thousand RPM. The hell? It's, kind of, it's like a little trick because you're always trying to get boost, right? So. You're, when you come off of a, a turn and you lift off the gas, then instead of the car going down to like 500 RPM and you have to pick up that extra 1500 RPM, we just sort of keep it so it's back on the boost right again. Hmm. It's obnoxious and loud. Like, I, you don't want to go next to my car. You know, I honestly lowered my RPMs quite a bit to like 750 because I did my own tuning. Okay. I don't recommend. <laughs> so, um, I think I'm going to push mine back up. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like for us, it's just like so you don't have such a big gap like when you, uh, you know, when you lift off the gas. That you're yeah, because that, that fraction of a second can be it, it, you it, into it, the wall. <laughs> it, yeah, well, that's what scares me a little bit yeah. about Irwin. I was like, you guys who have a hiccup in your tune, like that's it. They're like yard sale in your car. So, you know. Do you have crush zones <laughs> on your car? Uh, no, no, it just totally crushed. It'd just be a garbage shell. Oh, I, I would, I would recommend just cutting some, you know, inner metal out. So if yeah, you we, do crush it, it's just one corner. It's the rear. The rear's not bad. Like it's all. It still looks pretty decent, but like the front's pretty much tubed anyway in the front. No, what the I got to mine is I cut the inside out. Oh, okay. So like all the outside, you can still look stock, but all the inside shit. 
Yeah. If it's not structurally there, it's gone. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's just like the fenders flop around and. Uh... No, no. There, there's. I kept it enough to where the fen- the fender will stay sturdy, but it'll crush in if I need it to. Yeah. I don't want to crush it. That's a that's a main, my main thing. I don't, the... I don't either. But I, have you seen me drive? <laughs> We're not going to slam into the wall. But you drive that big Cadillac. I'm surprised you don't even have AC in that. No, no. Everything's <laughs> coming out of it. The thing's, it, it weighed 3,800 pounds from factory. So I pulled out all the interior, which is about, uh, well, that came out from the previous owner. But I think the interior was weighed in at, it's like 85 pounds per seat in the front. Um, the rear seats were like another 80 pounds. Plus the yeah, carpet, I remember that's probably like twenty or thirty pounds. Like a lot, that's a lot of weight. Once you start adding everything up, yeah, I don't know. Those guys, we find the FDs really light. Like I'm only twenty four hundred pounds, like full with fuel. Oh shit! Yeah, they're really light. What are you doing for grip? I uh, just low tire pressure and good tire settings in the rear. What are you doing? Are do you guys have toe adjustment on that in the back? Yeah, we we run quite a bit of toe in on the on the rear oh, around okay. like inch in on both sides on the rear and just a really nice flat camber so like when you're standing on the gas like the tires were just perfectly flat mm-hmm. then the front i run a little bit of toad on the on the front mm-hmm. i should cheat a bit with the angle because that inside tire is is has a little bit more angle just run the 12 so. on your knuckles are they do you have ackerman issues no no they're actually pretty good okay Maybe we actually just really just cut them straight, weld them underneath. They're they're really solid. Okay, yeah, I had because I told the the gentleman doing mine if he can achieve zero as close to zero Ackerman as possible, that would be yeah. ideal. Just so you get a lot of self steer, and that's like we run a really light sway bar in the front of our car. Mm-hmm. And it actually like when you're at when you if you're sitting on just on flat ground and you steer full lock, it lifts the car up like about an inch and a half. So then that weight will actually push it back down, so it'll just go back to to center. Hmm, okay. So like I, I really like to drive like where it's just self steers itself back to center. It makes it a lot easier. Gotcha. That, yeah, I. I'm still trying to get the understanding of suspension setup, and I think that's kind of the main thing I want to focus on this year, because the way this car is being built right now is I'm like. Since I'm rebuilding the motor, rebuilding the trans for reliability, I really want to focus on suspension setup and being able to get enough seat time to change things and know know what I'm changing affects what when I do it. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of tricks. Like I haven't really driven on a big steep bank like there is at Irwindale, but like you know, just whether guys run like another spacer on the on the outside tire so that it you know takes a bit of the Instead of changing one spring on one side, they just run a spacer mm-hmm. and push it out another inch or so, and it'll actually make it like rip better on that outside tire. Um, a lot of toe in, but you know maybe on a big bank track, you almost got to run zero toe so that you're not driving in down off the wall. Yeah, I had, I think, I had because I have nothing else to compare it to. I'll, I'll know later, but like on the on my BMW. There wasn't really much of a toe setting, and not to mention I had every stock bushing that was available, and that had you know 160 thousand miles on it was still in the car. So there, yeah, a little bit of loose. There's sloppy. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of sloppy, 
And uh, I think it was like a an eighth inch to a quarter inch toe out in the rear. Oh wow! So I ran like eighteen pounds of tire pressure, and I I had field uh, coilovers, and I ran, I think I had them at like set at like seven. Oh okay. The rear coilovers, so I, I, I was able to spin the tires up there no problem. I never had a clutch kick, but sometimes I would start to see it to drop down the RPMs towards the end of the bank. Yeah. They weren't as high, but then again, yeah. I'm, I'm still learning. So, yeah, I probably I probably run quite a bit higher tire pressure just uh-huh. because of lack of torque. So I'm always in like 30s for the tire pressure. Mm, okay, you know we run like a 255, 35, 18. So it's a that's what I was wide. running too. But you're also you're also on a completely different tire. So I don't know if you've driven the Achilles. No, I haven't. I've driven the 123s, and they're like really a grippy tire. Yeah, they, and just then, didn't, they didn't last very long. Yeah, and then done. another thing is like. The one, the one, two, threes didn't last very long. No, they're 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 pretty soft tires. So when you're like standing on the throttle, like it was, you feel like a great FD driver because you're only getting two laps out of a set. But then you're like, geez, that's only two laps out of a set. So and they're way more expensive. Yeah, it gets pretty. Uh, pretty I I know you're I know you're officially like sponsored by somebody, but just give the other ones a shot just to see them. Yeah, no, I give them a try. Yeah, just to see what they're like, and uh, just to compare them, because I know with anything, it's like, okay, Zestino's 400 treadwear and Achilles 400 treadwear are not one and the same. No, for sure. You know what I mean? So it, one, one's going to be grippier than the other. One's going to last longer than the other. Obviously, it does matter on uh, compound. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I've run a bunch of different tires from Federals to Cooper Tire. Uh-huh. Uh, been on just about anything and everything from i ran federals for a little bit and that sponsor i told you about he's in very much encouraging me to go back onto federals but it's just the uh because it wouldn't be a direct deal with federal so it doesn't matter but it's just what i'm paying for a federal tire as to what i'm getting for um the achilles it just wasn't like a match no, and the Achilles is, it has to be a great tire. I mean, Dean Carney runs the uh, sport, the, sport yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they must perform. So, that's just my opinion on it, you know. But it, oh, it's, yeah. just, it's different for everybody. And that's what yeah. I want to do. I want to kind of keep it open-minded with people. That doesn't mean, like, if I do get a tire deal, that I'm going to shit on the tire I run. Oh, no. Like, and that's got to be realistic in it, even though, like, you know, we we like the the quality and the consistency of the Zestino, you know, like it was better than than the Coopers by far. You know, they, the Coopers we were having a ton of trouble with them just flying apart. Oh really? You know, laminate, yeah. So you'd be on your second lap and they'd just be blowing big chunks of rubber out, and just never maybe it's just a bad batch or something that we got all of them uh-huh. and, and <laughs> all of them. <laughs> well, we yeah. got all the tires at the beginning of the year and they were they're all terrible. And, uh, you know, we wrecked more body work just with our own tires than anything else. Nobody hit us. We From were just delaminating? Destroyed. Yeah. Dude, that's I've had that happen once, and I was like, if this never happens again, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, no, Federals were good, too. They just they sort of fell off on grip, and we had a few chunking issues with them. But, I mean, I don't know. At I, our level, like, for Pro-Am and stuff, like, you just got to find something that's consistent. And, like, we always tell our same guys, like, Whatever you're running, 
run the same thing all the time in your practice in competition just run the same tire so that you know what it does yeah there was there was one guy i I won't mention his name but he's like oh i run this tire during practice and then this tire for competition and he never qualified by the way but i I say like guys who can do that like if they can do it successfully we're great but i don't know anybody who has we know a driver. We all know drivers that like can jump in anybody's car and they drive it better than you. In shred, you know, yeah, yeah. That's you're upsetting. Like, oh. <laughs> or they, you know, or they they have the skill where they can change up anything and still put a run together better I'm than very, you could in your own like, car. It's got to be consistent for me. Like I very do very minimal changes on my car throughout a day. Like I will drive around the problem instead of try to change it and make it worse. Uh, so I, I'm not like one of the guys who's out there like, you know, constantly adjusting settings. Like I do an alignment like at the beginning of the year and it's good. Like if I don't hit anything, I, I don't change it. Yeah. yeah. I know how it feels and that's that's what it is. I, like, I'm the same way, but it, uh, to be honest, I'm lazy. Like oh. I don't want because I'm the only one that's there to work on my car. Like I might have like a buddy to help. Yeah. But I already feel bad for them having to change for them changing tires. You know, yeah. so I'm just like, nope, just leave it. I'll drive around it. And yeah. that never happens. Yeah, like there's some tricks that I think we'd like, I'd like to try, you know, and, and, and change suspension settings on like on a flat track and see what it actually does. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Irwindale is a place for me to do that. So I think probably, you know, around one, we're going to just try to be comfortable, try to drive consistent and see how it is. Yeah. You know? It's uh there. I don't know if they're keeping the same layout for round one. Um, I still have a photo of it in my phone. Uh, I fucking was not a fan. What is that? They're not gonna like here go launch in fourth gear against the uh, big Irwindale Bank and run the FD layout. No, actually, oh, believe it or not, um, that's an easier thing that they did. That's actually easier than personally. I believe it was easier than the round one they had us do. So they kind of, they kind of had you where you had to start at, which was an awkward spot. Um, if you play FR Legends, have you? Yeah. You know, if you play on Irwindale, you can go to the right, right there okay. before the initiation. That's where they had to start, and about okay. three quarters of the way through the big bank is when we had to initiate. Okay. So it was super awkward because you got to remember you're flooring it. Still trying to turn, and all of our every single drift car has understeer problems. Yeah, you know, so um, that was kind of sketchy for me personally. Some guys were like just doing it a lot quicker, initiating way before the quote unquote initiation line when they were supposed to. Um, and I can see why they did that now. It just was so much more comfortable to initiate as far back as you could. Yeah, and try not to throw the guys against the wall. Like, seeing we do the same thing for, for our rounds here. Yeah. And then how, ramp up the difficulty level so you give them an easier one at the start. At how, the, how do you normally uh, do entries? I actually, 98% of the time, I e-break in. Okay. Uh, you can kiss that goodbye at Irwindale. <laughs> it's not, it just, I, I love e-breaks. I love it. I just, I do. You know, I got into e-brake entry because I was destroying transmissions on clutch kick. Well, so I would bring, clutch bring back the transmission destroyer because that's how you're going to have to enter so, the bank. Uh, now, we're, now we're into the dog box. I don't think the transmission will be the problem. But so I don't know. I, I always 
find the e-brake will kick the kick the back out a lot more than a clutch kick will. Maybe it might just be my chassis though too. I find a clutch kick and it it'll actually like just jump forward. They got quite a bit of mechanical grip in them, mm. so I find the e-brake kicks it out a lot faster and you can still be pretty fast on it too. Well, here, like in this particular layout, you're already turning left. Okay, so you're just kicking it, and just yeah, out. and then yeah, it just kind of floats out. Yeah. So just be mindful of that. I don't. I wonder if they're going to change it. I I hope they do, but at the same time, I hope they don't. Because mm-hmm. I really did like the light. I liked it, but I didn't like it. I just didn't like the fact that you were driving. Um, that you were going up to speed through the bank. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like, so you were still you were still accelerating in the bank, and then you weren't like, it's like three quarters of the way through, and and then you. Uh, you had your entry mm-hmm. so we'll see i'm gonna see if i can get someone to loan me their car for round one yeah that should be good i don't yeah, think it's gonna happen i don't think it's gonna happen they're gonna be like didn't you crash there last year no you're off there <laughs> yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna be like no you're not doing it in my car but That's we'll right. see when are you officially coming down uh, we're actually probably going to come down just the Wednesday before, so like just right at the end of February. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Do some shakedown on it, maybe take it out to Willow and test it. But I think yeah, it should be all good to go. You know, those test days are expensive. Those test days are. I did buy the membership out of Willow, so it's not bad. I think it's like seventy bucks now to go and test for the day. Uh, I don't think so. But when you do find like a firm number, can you let me know? Yeah, it was one one twenty five for the membership for the year. Okay, I can I could live with that. Did you pay for it this year? Yeah, I paid for it this year. So now, like now, my test days are seventy five dollars. So the first day was like two hundred bucks because it was but, the it was the annual fee plus the seventy five dollars. Yeah. And then I'm positive it was only seventy five dollars now. I and then with that, that's um that what included is that is just the balcony, Walt James. I, if it's it depends like about when we went balcony was being used so you could use there's another pad somewhere mm-hmm. and we, we tested on walt james stadium that little eight number eight whatever that little small in the dirt yeah, yeah. no the dirt middle of the yeah that's a pretty good one it's just hard on tires but yeah so i've heard i heard that yeah. one kind of sucks i it's heard it's gritty and old right so it's really rough asphalt i don't know uh, it looked like, I thought it was a newer track to be honest, but I heard that they used to do streets of willow and then, um, a lot of the drivers would start to slow down at entry. Like they weren't, they, from their start line to the, uh, initiation point, they weren't flooring it. They were kind of mm-hmm. like, um, kinda, Just hesitant. yeah, hesitant on the entry. And then like, they'd get to like 60 miles an hour and then maybe do their entry. Yeah. So, I mean, like, probably going in the week before, I bet you, like, Willow will be packed with everyone testing. So, I don't know if it'll be good to go or not. Like, you got to share the track then if you go up to test it, Willow. No, I think you should be okay because um, that day, there, Willow is having, no, on the 3rd, they're having their uh, their open track day for Just Drift. Yeah. What they, like, for everyone to do, like, a test and tune on their car. Just oh, makes so it everyone. it makes it a little cheaper for the guys who want to instead of them paying like the two hundred bucks. Yeah, man. And yeah, then, uh, like, yeah, I think testing balcony is probably the best though. Or I hate, 
Did you did you see the video of me at balcony? No. Oh, do you know who David Carey is? Yeah. I almost ran him over. <laughs> it's I'm not I'm not proud of it, but it Are did spent there? Huh? You were running one of the one of the pro ams? I did round one of Just Drift last year. Okay, so you almost took him out. You know, one of the famous FD photographers you're going to kill. Yeah, him. you know, because I'm a piece of shit. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's nothing I can do about it, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I did, unfortunately, almost run him over. But I'll tag you in that video. Yeah, no, the round, I, I saw someone, Daniel was up, I think, at round one, too. Yeah, he was. I remember that. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw uh, Colette Davis. I didn't know who the hell she was. And I was like, who is this person? And then I forgot how I stumbled across her IG. I was like, oh, she's actually somebody. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff. Like from Monster Truck to Rally to GRC or something crazy. Yeah, Monster Truck is probably like my most favorite part. Because that's, I grew up watching Monster Trucks. Like going to Monster Jam shows with my dad. And that's that's on my bucket list for sure. It's like, you know, dominated by like uh, 55-year-old dudes, you know, that are crazy and she's in there doing monster trucks. It's pretty good. Yeah, and yeah, that it is dominated by like 50-year-old dudes. <laughs> like they're like You got to you don't have to have a fast reaction apparently. No, they just they just have to be uh, it looks like a violent ride inside one of those trucks, so it does. It looks like it hurts. I remember I watched some like documentary of some dude who decided to uh put like a motorcycle seat and handlebars in a monster truck and the way they had him strapped in there it just looks so painful yeah and violence Mm -hmm. sure but well alrighty man anything else anything else for me I think we covered a lot is there anything else you want to say you in uh, in March Uh, I will definitely see you in March uh I don't have to be there for any like reason. I'm gonna be there, but I could be the drunk guy there, and I live close enough to Uber in and out. Yeah, so it's not too bad, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm gonna be doing. She must live close then to yeah. I live eight miles from here, from the track. Yeah, it's not bad. It's nice. Not. So I'll be taking an Uber there, getting drunk, and probably making a fool of myself at some point, to where Rathina's yeah. like, "Don't fucking come to round two, asshole." <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. That's the way it is. You're banned from the track. Dude. I know, just, right? Just from the yeah. Drift League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That... I don't know. If you can throw up our website, though, I mean, hey, if you got anybody that uh interested in running a pro-am, come and, come and show with some of us Canadian guys. We're actually really good. Yeah, that's that's definitely. And then for even the guys who might be up, like, up northern area. Yeah. We're like Washington. To... Yeah, David Curtis. Do you know him? He drives a yellow BMW. Nope. Lives in Utah. Been talking to him. He's thinking about coming up and running our rounds. That'd be just, cool. Uh, just to change a change of pace. Oh really? Yeah. yeah it's... Well, something different. Like I think that's that's Which... one thing that was different. Like you you see a lot of the like how was it for the drift league? Like as they got into rounds three and four, what was the driver count like? Uh, it well the drift league it was kind of it was their first year and they they made it so late. So the driver count was always like, I think the highest was like 27 and then only 23 actually showed up. These aren't exact numbers. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember at the last round, round four, exactly 16 drivers showed up. 
So Rathina yeah. was like, hey, all you got to do is not spin out during qualifying and you're good. And you're in, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so. and that's what happened. But but that also happened for Just Drift. Um, their, kinda, their driver count went a little lower. Not substantially, but there was one round where they only had 15 guys qualify. Yeah. yeah. No, we've been lucky. In here, everyone, we'll get like 24 to 26 out, and they just come all every round. I mean, they're it's it's kind of that that thing there isn't a lot of where, where i think what happens maybe in the days is if they do well at drift league round one well then they'll go to round two but if they don't maybe they'll bail off and check out just drift see if they do better there you know and kind of you can hedge your bet there a little bit more right so i mean and if you did vegas then you were you were pretty much golden if you did well at round one because with three rounds to go right like i mean it was pretty yeah i want to if in a perfect world, I'd be able to do. Obviously, I I already ki- kissed uh, round one of the drift league goodbye. Like that's there's no way in hell I'm gonna make that. Um, even if I won the lottery tomorrow and paid somebody else to finish the car, it's still no, still it's not gonna happen. Your month out, yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, I want to do LS Fest as my first thing of the year, and yeah. then po- if I can, I want to do the remaining three rounds of the drift league. That's gonna happen for sure. The remaining three rounds of just drift. And I'd really like to do Vegas Drift. Yeah, I'm gonna. Tr- I'm. I'm definitely gonna run some events at Vegas. I mean, even there, like they had an event this last weekend, mm-hmm. and it, they're like a great time. You know, it's uh, Nick runs a really good program. Did there you go sure. this last weekend or no? No, I uh, my car was still down in, in uh, with Daniel there, so I didn't didn't have a car in there. Where, but we'll go. Do you travel back and forth from the states to Canada often? Yeah, I fly in. I fly into Vegas because it's like hundred dollar flight three hours on the plane so it's nice holy hell hundred dollar euro hundred dollar per yeah it's hundred dollars in canadian yeah it's not bad damn that's not bad at all we well, i can't really fly like, to vegas from la for a hundred bucks yeah so we fly in there and then we just drive down it's oh okay just, it makes sense it's not a yeah. terrible drive i find it it's a lot i almost save that time than uh, flying out of lax because lax is uh terrible it's a madhouse man Oh, it's, it's horrendous. I, I I've never <laughs> flown out of LAX. You know, I'd rather thank God, but I've I've dropped like my girlfriend likes to travel. She's like, "Can you drop me off at LAX?" I was like, "Can I just give you money for an Uber?" Because yeah, that place sucks. No, so yeah, but so LAX best you're gonna hit up in Vegas. Yeah, I got one of our guys is going down there. You should down. bring your car. Just put um, I got an LS engine cover. You want to put that on there? I I go do it. Huh? Friend oh, yeah. of mine. I'd be cool with that. He's got his R32 Skyline and big LS in it, so he's Just, gonna go down. Uh, all there, dude. The uh, the Corvette engine covers are like forty Just bucks. <laughs> go sounds so weird to say I got weird cams. <laughs> yeah, how big are those cams you got in your that rotary? One point three liter. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What's the duration on them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no yeah, right. But all right, yeah. man. Thank you for all coming right. on, dude. And uh, hopefully more people hear this so they can find out about your series. And hopefully yeah. more people found out about this show since you shared it. Well, no, I, I, I'm uh, looking forward to coming down and just uh, meeting, meeting new people and driving with them. Yeah, Should man, I good. can't wait to meet you in person. And, yeah, and, you know, awesome. No homo. I won't make it gay. So. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> All right, man. You have a good one. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, talk to you. Right. Bye-bye.